On this episode of the Magic Business Podcast, you'll hear this and more. I, I'm a firm believer in making my own theaters, and I've done it many, many times over. Uh, you got to zig when everyone else zags. Some producer's going to see me and see my act and go, hey, I want him. I'll give you $20,000 a week. Welcome to the Magic Business Podcast, where we share insightful and delightful inner secrets about the business of magic. This is where magic professionals present their real life experiences and their most guarded secrets to help further your career in the magical arts. I'm your host, Roland Sarlot, in partnership with the MagicOracle.club, where you can hear all of our magic business podcasts. Our next guest has literally done it all. Steve Daly has been a consultant on major magic television shows, designed and performed in national theme park extravaganzas, the headlining months-long U.S. tours. Steve has the very unique distinction in performing over 15,000 performances on the Las Vegas Strip, including shows like Showgirls of Magic, Zombie Burlesque, Busk Buckwild, V, The Ultimate Variety Show, and Outrageous, the comedy hypnosis show. On top of his already packed schedule, Steve is a mentor to up-and-coming talent and somehow still has time to produce a yearly and what many people call the most friendly magic convention around, Abra Corn Dabra. His performances are hilarious, clever, and generally over the top. Steve, thank you for sharing your wealth of experience with us. Well, I'm happy to be here. Hello, Roland. How are you? It's great to have you on here, Steve. I'm excited to talk to you because you're coming straight from Las Vegas. Yes, I am. And if somebody has a show, they're doing great wherever they're located around the world. They want to move to Las Vegas and be famous. What do you say? No. <laughs> of course not. No. Uh, uh, welcome to Vegas. Now go home. That's uh, truly uh, the, the gist of the whole thing. Uh, if you want to be, uh, if you want, if you've got a big ego and you've got very deep pockets, come on out. You'll have a great vacation out here for however long you want to stay. Uh, if you don't have deep pockets and you really want to perform, stay home. Wow. Ouch. Ouch is right. Most of us don't have deep pockets. Yep. Big daddy entrepreneur sending money over. Um, yep. But somebody's good. You've heard it a million times. you got a great show. You need to move to Vegas. I'm sure every magician has probably heard that. How much realistically can a magician make moving out there? Uh, you know, seriously, it won't make much of anything at all. And uh, they truly will make more money if they stay home. They really will. Uh, it, it really is. Uh, it boils down to business. Uh, that's the biggest word in the word show. Business is business. Sadly, most entertainers don't focus on that big word. They focus on the small word show. They spend all their time and energy on the show part, but they don't really pay attention to the business part. And that's what gets them in trouble when they come out here. Uh, I, the reason that I, I came up with a lecture years ago called Welcome to Vegas, Now Go Home, did it all over the country talking about this very same subject. And the reason I did it was because all the years I was out here, I kept meeting all sorts of uh, magicians that would come from all over the country because back home they said, dang, you're better than David Copperfield. You should go out to Vegas and have your own show. And so they would follow that advice. They'd pack up the family, the kids, and their life savings, and uh, they'd see you later, and off they go. They come out here, and within three months, they still have no work. 
The wife has packed up the kids and said, screw you, I'm going home. Uh, they stay here because they're determined to make it work. Uh, they find themselves ended up uh, either working for Houdini's magic shop, pitching magic tricks, the same three over and over, uh, which you'll get really good at flying a, a floating cart around you several times if you do. Uh, or they end up on the street performing for a dollar tip from anyone that will give them a dollar tip to see them do a card trick. Uh, it, it's just that that's just their their ego and their stubbornness. And again, it boils down to business. They're just not uh, looking at the business side of things. Uh, to have a show here in Vegas, you're in competition with over 100 shows every single night. And uh, if you think about it back home, do you have 100 shows playing in your city every night? Of course not. So your chances of getting a bigger slice of that pie each night is better if you don't have as much competition. But out here, you've got tons of competition. And as I said before, you know, if, if you if you come out here, if, if, if someone's on vacation, uh, not a magician, just a, a lay person, comes out on vacation for the weekend, let's say four days, they're going to see one, maybe two shows. They're not out here to see a bunch of shows. They'll see one or two shows. That's all they can really afford. They're also going to see the sites. They're going to gamble. They're going to go to some nice dinners. And uh, when you've got 100 shows to pick from, and you've saved up your money, and you've saved up for your vacation, you got one week, you got four days out here, are you going to go see Celine Dion, David Copperfield, Carrot Top, any Cirque du Soleil show, Elton John, or are you going to see Bob's Great Magic Show? Of course, you've never heard of Bob's Great Magic Show. And uh, so you're, you're literally scrambling and scraping, trying to get anyone to come give you a, a few bucks to come sit and watch your show in a, in a theater, in a showroom here. Well, you, you make it definitely a business case when you say there's a hundred shows a night, that's a lot of competition. That's a lot of competition. How many magicians live in Vegas? <laughs> Stan Allen and I have joked about that for years and all. Uh, we estimate 5,000 and I'm not kidding. Uh, it, it, it come and take. Uh, understand Vegas is one of the most transient cities in America. We were the only city back in the day, uh, that printed our phone book twice a year because we have that much of a turnover. Uh, there's 7,000 families that move into Vegas every single month, and there's 5,000 families that move out of Vegas every single month. So with that kind of a turnover, uh, you're going to have a lot of, of people coming and going. And there, sadly, there's a lot of magicians who come out here and chase their dreams, and eventually they go home with their tail tucked between their legs. Wait, 5,000 magicians? 5,000, yep. That's a small city of magicians. It's a, it's, it's, it's a very large magic invention, and that's pretty much what I kind of equate moving to Vegas is like. It's like going to and living in a magic convention for months to years. Uh, you know, if, if you want to do, if you want to sit in the halls and jam like you do in a magic convention, you can call pretty much a handful to uh, uh, several dozen magicians any night of the week, and they'll come sit and jam with you. Uh, you know, you can go see a show on the strip, you know, from magicians almost nightly. Uh, there's, it, it is kind of like a, a nonstop magic convention out here. But have you ever gone to a magic convention and made money? <laughs> nope. They cost, don't they? No, they do. Even the entertainers will, of the magic conventions will tell you that it costs them to go. I mean, they don't make the money they normally make. So 
yeah, it's a, again, it's like a big, long, never ending magic convention out here. I, I really want to work hard. I'm going to make it. I'm going to get through no matter what. Is there venues that people can start out? Can they do close up in a restaurant? Can they do street magic? Is there a walk around? I got a great eight minute act. Is, is there anything that they, they can start at? You can, you know what? I, I'm a firm believer in making my own theaters and I've done it many, many times over. Uh, you got to zig when everyone else zags. So uh, if, if you come out here thinking, well, some producer's going to see me and see my act and go, hey, I want him. I'll give you $20,000 a week. You're in. You're a star in Vegas. Not going to happen. Uh, back in the mid 80s, uh, things changed with the showrooms. And now we do a thing called four walling and two walling. Four walling and two walling is basically you're renting the theater. They no, Not one theater pays an act anymore. Uh, it's all producers renting the theater. Uh, and you would basically be your own producer if you're going to have your own show. Uh, if you can convince a producer to hire you, they might be minute act, but you're not going to get paid a whole lot. Uh, I, I would say an, a good price would be $75 to $100 a night to do your eight-minute act in their show. Uh, it could be as little as $50 a night. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You're, you're saying that's what a magician will make working? Four to six hundred dollars a week in Vegas. Yep. And these are good magicians. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I won't name names, but there are headliners who have worked for a hundred dollars a night and on a steady basis. And we're talking two or three year run contracts uh, where they're only making a hundred dollars a night and they work six nights a week. So they're making six hundred dollars a week. And what is what is their hopes? Is is that big enough just to be in Vegas or are they thinking they're trying to go to the next let let's back this up? Though. Let's let's back it up just a second though, Al, because if you're if you're listening to this this uh, podcast and you're uh, hearing six hundred dollars a week, you might be right now working at McDonald's making two hundred and fifty dollars a week. So you're seeing dollar signs in your eyes, going, "Wow, six hundred dollars a week, and I can do magic, and I'm performing on a stage. This is great. I'm packing now." Well, understand it's it's not easy to get into that even that slot at six hundred dollars. You know, you're up against some really big names. Again, I won't name names, but you've seen these guys on national television and you've seen them work all over the place uh, in, in magic conventions as headliner stars. And uh, so if you think your act is as good, if not better than them, then possibly you have a chance. But I'm telling you, it's not easy. And remember, standing in that uh, audition line with you is probably 4,999 other people that feel like they've got a better act than those people. So uh, it's not going to be easy in any way, shape, or form to get in. And to be national talent and get on television, you've had to been doing this for years. It's not just moved to Vegas and I'm, I got a few card tricks. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, national television, yeah. Uh, let, let's, let's really talk about that for a second. Is national television doing a five-minute slot on Fool Us? Is that going to make you famous? Is a three-minute slot on Jimmy Kimmel Live going to make you a, a famous star? You know, back in the day, it can, it could. Uh, Lance Burton, his whole career started thanks to Johnny Carson, really. Um, but today and nowadays, no, no, not at all. Uh, and, and I'll give you an example. America's Got Talent. Uh, when that came and hit the, what, 14, 18 seasons ago, 20 seasons ago. I don't even know how many seasons it's had. It's run now. Forever. Uh, but in that, 
time. Yeah, in that time, uh, I've never been on America's Got Talent. I've never been on Fool Us. I've never been on any of those shows. I could right now walk up to any layperson on the street and show them my bio, and I could sneak in there. I've been on America's Got Talent. And they're going to go, oh. They they don't care. And they don't know. They've never seen it. They've never seen you. Because it was so flooded with so many different acts that anyone could say they were on America's Got Talent and people would just kind of go, oh, that's interesting. You know, it's it's not going to be the big game changer, you know. So being on TV really isn't what it used to be. If you were David Copperfield and you had your one hour special once a year back when there was only three channels and PBS, (laughs) you know, uh, that was a big deal, you know, but uh uh, nowadays, not so much. I was on the first three seasons, every episode of Chris Angel's Mind Freak. Don't hate me. Not my call. I just did the show. Uh, and uh, I, I'm amazed at how many people have never seen the show. There are many people who have. Of course, many magicians have. But uh, there's many lay people who have never seen the show, never heard of it, never seen it. And it ran, I don't know, eight, nine seasons, something like that. Uh so, you know, it, 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 TV is, is an interesting creature. Uh, it eats material. So once you get on TV and they've seen you, they, you know, spit you out and they move on. I've seen it, move on. What's next? And uh, so I, I really don't like doing TV. I don't post any of my stuff online. I don't post anything on YouTube. I don't have any of my acts up on YouTube. I don't have any of what I perform with because I'm old school. You know, uh, back in the old days of vaudeville, that's how you had work. That's how you worked from city to city was uh, no one had ever seen your act before. So you could go play Davenport, Iowa for a week and then go to Des Moines for a week and then go to Omaha for a week and then Kansas City and then St. Louis. You could work a circuit, Chicago. Uh, You could work a circuit working a week at a time because people didn't have TV. People didn't see all those acts all the time. Uh, when TV did come out and you got on, let's say, Ed Sullivan's show uh, and you were an act there, that gave you some notoriety because people would say, oh, let's go see that live. I want to go see that live. That's that's pretty amazing. But unfortunately, we have been uh, beat down, if you will, with uh, uh, TV and, and now computers and online. And so people are, are just numb to watching acts and seeing things on TV. And they've all become like television. They've seen it, they've spit it out, and they've moved on to the next thing. And back in those days, a lot more people even saw it, where you're saying now it's more shotgun rather than the silver bullet. Yeah, very much. You were saying when you zig, when others zag. I mean, is there, instead of doing these lousy gigs on the street where you don't make very much or 40 bucks a night after years and years and years, is it parties? Is it connections? What do you recommend to somebody who really wants to do it? Get creative. Get creative. In your act? You know, in business. You know, let's get creative. You know, let's let's zig when others zag. And I don't mean with your act. Your act can be anything. You know, I could I could right now, if someone handed me, this would be a great challenge. Ooh, I'd love to see this be a challenge. I'd love to hand out 12 basic magic sets. I'm gonna give 12 people a basic magic set. Here's your, 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 uh, goal, if you will. Uh, here's the, the contest. I dare you to put together a full magic show 
out of that magic set and go somewhere and create a theater of your own and perform that and make money. Now, that could be anything. Sadly, most uh, magicians or most entertainers are going to sit on their butt and go, well, I don't know how to get a theater. I don't know how to do it. You got to get creative. You got to find, find your own theater. Make your own theater. I've walked into restaurants that had a back room in the back that, hey, what are you doing with that meeting room back there? Oh, nothing. We use it for meetings. Great. Uh, is there any way we can work out a deal where I can come in and we'll offer a show and dinner package? Let's say it's 20 bucks. You come up with a, a menu item for $10 that you'll make money off of. And I'll put together a show and we'll split it. I get 10 bucks, you get 10 bucks. And we'll do it on a Tuesday night. Every Tuesday night, maybe once a month, twice a month in your restaurant. And we'll just, we'll push to sell tickets. Boy, I think I met you actually uh, many years ago on one of your tours, uh, national tours. And you did. Yeah. And I, I was really impressed how you had a niche market that's, I don't want to say underground, but it's not what people normally think about. And exactly. you did hundreds of cities, I believe, months long. I and did. You were cranking it in and it was super impressed, uh, super impressive. And I remember you told me it's not easy, but you built it year after year after year. Are you saying those same kinds of concepts, either you build in Vegas or do you do it in your hometown and then take it to Vegas? You know what? It, it, if you build it in your own hometown, you're going to be better off. Uh, if you try and bring it to Vegas, it's you're too early. You haven't developed it. You haven't uh, worked the baby up. It's just like a Broadway show. You know, if it plays Peoria, it'll play. Uh, and they always start Broadway shows like in Boston and Chicago and other places before they actually take it to Broadway. So you want to kind of hone it uh, away from the big lights of Vegas or Broadway. Uh, and, and unfortunately, a lot of people don't see that. They want to go straight to the top. They want to pay their dues. They want to go straight to the top. I'm good enough. I'm going to go. I've paid my dues. I've worked for three months on this act, and I performed at Joe's Lobster House here in town, and I'm good. I'm ready to go. So I'm going to go to Vegas now and have my own show. And it just doesn't work that way. You really have to hone it and get it worked out. Lance Burton did nine years as an act at the Tropicana, at the Follies Bergere show. Nine years. Each year, uh, the producers would sign him to a new contract, and he would say, may I uh, do a new act? And they'd say, sure. Uh, and so he would come up with a new 10-minute act that he would do in their show. Uh, he would uh, then get to do that act to, twice a night, six nights a week. Occasionally, he'd bring back one of the other acts that he had done before just to keep it up, you know, keep his chops up with it. But he would, over a year's time, 650 shows, he would hone that act and have it ready. After nine years, he had nine 10-minute acts that were so well honed, so well figured out, and so well practiced in front of audiences that he had a 90-minute show. And that's when he went to the Hacienda for four years and finally the Monte Carlo. Dues. Yes, very much. Unfortunately, no one wants to pay those dues. Understand, before he even came to Vegas to do that 10-minute slot, he was doing an amusement park in Kentucky with Matt King. And they were standing outside doing their act out on an open platform stage outdoor. So, yeah, you know, it, you got to pay dues. You got to do your time.
Nothing happens overnight. And so unfortunately, everyone's so thinking that everything's fast food. Everything's going to go quick and it's not. You got to take your time. And, in, you know, there's an old saying about uh, enjoying the dance. The, the object is not to get across the dance floor. The object is to enjoy the dance. So enjoy the dance as you cross the dance floor. Well, that's always great advice. But when we watch television, we see Matt Franco, Shin Lim, we see AG Talent, and they make it or they don't make number one, but they still get a show in Vegas. I don't want to speak to those two gentlemen in particular. Yes, Yes, let's hear more. Yes and no. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Matt Franco got his own show. Uh, Shimlin didn't. Shimlin got uh, his own show once a month for a few nights, uh, for several months in a row, um, but not a full-time his own show. It's just a, a, an appearance in a room with uh, in the same room that Terry Fader's in. Same room that uh, Jay Leno does stand up in or uh, uh, Ray Romano. Uh, you know, they just they rotate different people in. It's a, it's called a black box and a black box theater is basically can rotate acts in and out. So, you know, it, it, it's good. And they're both, you know, very successful. They're both fantastic magicians. Uh, but, you know, you, you, you never know what kind of a contract you're going to get and uh, how you want to play it out. So. And again, it also also depends on what's available out here. You know, the, the the fight for rooms is unbelievable. There's lines of producers waving money at these casinos, waiting to rent the showroom when the next guy's out. Steve, I have a rich uncle in Hong Kong. He loves my magic and he wants to support me. I want to open a show in Vegas and he just wants to know how much I need. What do you say? Half a million dollars. 500,000 will get you in the door. It gets me in the door. door. (laughs) Yeah. If you want to, if you want to play this poker game, you're going to have to have half a million dollars in chips. Just sit down at the table. Uh, It, it, and and I'm not exaggerating that and all the cost of the rooms to four wall, two wall, the cost of uh, uh, advertising, all of this all bundles up again. You're in competition with hundred different shows each night. So uh, yeah, half a million. and, And that might get you through six months. Wow. Half a million. A lot of money just to get started. How much would it cost to get your show started in your own hometown? Well, tens of thousands. Nowhere near half a million. Nowhere near. I mean, if you want a nice show with with, that looks good and you want lights and you want the whole thing, not a half a million. That's for sure. Nope. Nope. And you can start small with a small close-up show in the corner of a restaurant and work your way up. Save your money. Pay your dues. Back to dues again, huh? Yep. Pay your na- pay your dues and build your name. Well, Steve, as you know, all the magic business podcasts can be heard on the magicoracle.club. However, today you are our guest oracle, that important person with great wisdom and knowledge. So I'd like to ask you, great and powerful oracle, Steve, what's the most important question someone should ask you but never does? Wow, I feel like I'm uh, the great and powerful Oz. Just don't pull the curtain back. Don't look. Don't look. I know you have a nice looking turban. Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, we go way too far back, Roland. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, why? Why should they come to Vegas? So they just want to go. They never ask you why. Yep. 
they always just they never listen it goes in one ear and out the other they just and i get it and you know that's fine kudos to them they're uh they're following their dream uh there there's one thing that I learned myself over the years, and that is you can't learn without making mistakes. And everyone has to make mistakes in order to learn. If, if, if everything was just handed to you on a platter, you'll never learn anything. So I, uh, I really admire those that do go after it, I guess, and make the mistakes. I feel bad for them. That's why I wrote the, uh, the lecture I did because I, I felt so bad seeing so many families wrecked and ruined uh, from people chasing their dreams and not having a good plan and not knowing. I mean, I, throwing things against the wall and seeing what's going to stick is is one form of business, not exactly the smartest form of business, but it is a form of business. Uh, the smarter one is going to research and figure it out and understand the business side of things. And then they're going to know what path to follow. So, and, and, you know, basically what you're trying to do is put butts in seats and those butts in the seats from Omaha, Nebraska are the same ones that are going to be sitting in Vegas. The ones that are in Dallas, Texas, or in Tucson, Arizona, they're the very same ones that are going to be sitting in your audience in, in Vegas. And they're, they're going to pay a lot more money in the way of an airfare plane ticket and a show ticket and a hotel room to see you perform than if they saw you in your own hometown. But, you know, they have two hands. They're going to applaud you. They're going to cheer you. They're going to enjoy the magic the very same, whether they're sitting in your hometown or they're sitting here paying a lot more to see the very same act. So put that money in your pocket and stay home. Steve, you slapped us around, hit reality into us. Thank you for sharing your years of experience. I hope it helps. I really do. I mean that very sincerely. And I don't, I, I slap with love, always with love. And thank you for listening to our Magic Business Podcast. Please visit the magicoracle.club where you can hear all of our Magic Business Podcasts, as well as enjoy a vast array of additional magical knowledge and find live magic performances in a city near you. I'd like to leave you with a quote from the Greek philosopher Aristotle who wrote, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. As always, we at the Magic Oracle wish you excellence on your path in the magical arts.